Welcome to For What It's Worth, a podcast from Raymond James, designed to help you plan, invest, and live smarter. Hi, listeners, and thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Paige Lenson. You can find this episode and more For What It's Worth on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Election Week 2020 is now in the rearview mirror. So in today's episode, we're talking about how financial markets have responded and what the results may mean for investors. I'm joined by Raymond James Chief Investment Officer, Larry Adam. Larry, welcome back. Thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. Now, we know that generally markets don't like uncertainty. And seemingly during election week, we had some uncertainty. We had delayed results as mail-in ballots were counted. We had some close races. And yet it was a really good week for U.S. stocks. Why was that? Well, no, it's funny you bring that up because you're right. It was a historic week in many ways. You know, if you think about the rally last week, the S&P 500 was up 7.3%. That's the best election week performance that we have had since 1932. And just to put that in perspective, usually election weeks, we have positive performance, but the average historically is about a half a percent not 7.3%. So that just gives you some perspective about how great it was. Now, I think the market rallied for three reasons, and I think they're all interrelated. And the first one is, you already said it, we, it's over. And we know ultimately what's going to happen. And the most likely outcome is the fact that we're going to have a split government. The reason that's important, which leads me to the second reason, is that that probably takes off a lot of those more major significant policy changes that people were fearful of. So for example, we're unlikely to get a big corporate tax hike or individual uh, tax rates going higher as well. And then that leads us to the third point is that when you have split government, policy risk gets dampened. So then you can focus on the fundamentals, the things that really matter. And I think under the surface, fundamentals are improving significantly. And I'll just give you one example, and that's with earnings growth. And during the third quarter earnings season, we've had 85% of companies beat their earnings. That's a record pace. And if you look at the actual number, we came into the quarter looking for earnings to be down 21%. Currently, we're only down 8%. So that's just given a lot more credibility to this earnings recovery is actually having faster and quicker than what people thought. And that's starting to be reflected in the markets. We do have more information about the election results now, certainly than we had two weeks ago. There are still some variables and it's not quite clear how impactful they're gonna be. For example, you mentioned the Senate outcome. Right now there's a lot of expectation that it'll end up being a Republican Senate, but we're gonna have to wait until the Georgia runoffs to know for sure. It's also not clear yet to what extent President Trump might contest the results. How closely do you think markets are going to be paying attention to these variables? So I think the first point, I'll look at the contesting of the election. And I don't think you're going to see a major sell-off because of that. And if you look back to 2000, when you had Bush-Gore, and that that election was prolonged until December 14th, you really didn't see a big sell-off. You saw a 5% sell-off during that time period, which by the way, isn't all that big. We usually get a 5% sell-off four or five times a year. So it wasn't out of the norm. But during that time period, the reason the equity market was down is because we also had the tech bubble deflating. 
So during that time period between election day and December 14th, tech was down 17%. So if you looked at the S&P 500 X tech, it was actually flat. So to me, voters and investors were really just in a holding pattern, ultimately wanting to see what the outcome was going to be. The common thread between that last election and this election is the fact that regardless of who wins at the top, it's expected that we are going to have split government. So as long as that split government narrative remains, I think the markets are going to be fine and are going to continue to move higher. You did bring up a good point though. If in fact there is a surprise in January where Georgia, those two Georgia outstanding Senate races go Democratic, that takes us to 50-50 in the Senate with the tiebreaker going to the Democrats. I think you could see a modest sell-off, but I'm not looking for a major sell-off. And the reason for that is that I think one message was clear during this election. And that is that America does want a split government and they don't want to see these major policy shifts that people were fearful of. Have any of these results so far impacted what you're expecting investors will see in the next several months? Well, first of all, from a, a macroeconomic perspective, I don't think there's a big change in the offing. And the reason for that is that I think the U.S. economy is going to continue to accelerate and it's going to continue to follow what we've been talking about, this K-shaped recovery, where different parts of the economy are going to recover at a different pace and magnitude. Now, underneath the surface, I don't see big changes. So, for example, when it comes to a fiscal stimulus package, regardless of whether we keep the status quo or we have a President Biden with a Republican Senate, our Washington policy analyst still thinks either one of those scenarios, we still get about a trillion dollar fiscal stimulus package. If you look at the Fed, the Fed is an independent agency. They're going to continue to be very aggressive with their policy to support the economy, regardless of who wins. If you look at the COVID response, now you'll hear more people talk about the fact that there could be differences in the sense that a President Biden may be more heavy handed in encouraging a national mask mandate. But the reality is that from an economic perspective, it comes down to shutdowns and lockdowns. And remember, those aren't really controlled at the federal level. They're controlled at the state and local level. So that's not going to change. And then the final thing is, when it comes to tensions with China, I don't think that's going to change. Whether it's President Trump or President Biden, they're going to continue to be firm. The one difference is that, that I think could happen is that uh, President Biden will be much more diplomatic and encourage more of, a, of our coalition with our allies to help put pressure on China. But again, not huge differences. So that's why we don't really see a big difference in our macroeconomic forecast. If we do ultimately have a Joe Biden presidency with a divided Congress, what is that going to mean for investors and, and for different asset classes? Well, because our macroeconomic forecasts really aren't changing, it doesn't right now alter our forecast for the various asset classes. For example, when it comes to the equity market, 12 months from now, we think that the equity markets are going to move higher. Why? Because we think the economy is going to improve. You're going to see better earnings growth. And we're going to get closer to normal activities if, in fact, that vaccine does come out. And we've had some pretty favorable news come out just uh, today with that. When it comes to our favorite sectors, they remain technology, communication services, healthcare, and consumer discretionary. 
not because of who's in the White House, but because they have the best visibility and earnings going forward. When you look at our 10-year treasury forecast, we think it'll, it'll grind higher up to about 1.4% over the next 12 months. But I don't think it goes sustainably above 1.5% because this economy is the most interest rate sensitive that it has ever been. So that if it did go higher, it would ultimately cause the economy to slow. Now, the one place where we are looking at our numbers is with the dollar. And we do think that the dollar will continue to weaken, although it may weaken slightly more under a President uh, Biden. And the reason for that is that if he becomes more diplomatic with trade relations and it takes the edge off of the friction when it comes to trade, particularly with Europe, that'll help those economies do better. And by definition, when they're doing better, it causes the dollar to weaken even more. If that happens, that will favor large multinational companies here in the United States because our goods and services will become much more competitive in the global uh, economy. Larry, a lot of investors were sort of preparing themselves for a couple weeks of volatility around the election. So far, we've only really seen surprises on the upside as far as U.S. equities are concerned. But if we do see some of that downside volatility over the next several weeks, what's your guidance for investors? Well, it's a great question because whether volatility picks up or not, I still reiterate that the most important decision investors make is choosing an asset allocation that is consistent with their risk profile. And the reason I say that is because that'll really help you navigate any type of storm that the market throws your way. The other thing that's important to note is that if you look at a lot of the research out there, most investors that do knee-jerk reactions that are dictated by either emotions like you know panic or, or euphoria, they tend to underperform. Those that have that steady hand during more volatile time periods tend to outperform over time. So keeping that steady hand is very important. The second thing I wanted to mention is that I encourage investors to look beyond the headlines. And what I mean by that is that if you think back about two weeks ago, not too long ago, but two weeks ago, everybody was saying that the blue wave was going to be the best for the market because we were going to get a bigger stimulus package. Now, all of a sudden, everyone's saying that gridlock is good or gridlock is Goldilocks. And while I do tend to agree that longer term, that's the best case scenario because it does reduce the policy risk, it by no means means that the economy and the equity market are going to outperform. Now, when you look back historically, split government was great for the equity market under President Obama and President Clinton. There's no question. However, split government was not so favorable to investors when we had the tech bubble deflating during the Great Recession. And in fact, surprising to many people, if you go back during the post-World War II era, split government has actually underperformed the S&P 500 in general, meaning that under the split government scenario, we've only been up 6.6% versus the S&P 500 over the entire time period was up 7.8%. So my point is you have to do your homework, get behind the headlines. And while it's important to know who's in the White House, it's much more important to know how's the economy doing? What's earnings growth? What's the Fed doing? What are the secular trends? Those are more important in really seeing 
how your portfolio will do over time. Raymond James Chief Investment Officer, Larry Adam. Larry, thank you so much for your perspective today. Thank you very much for having me. Listeners, thanks for joining us. You can find more episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So be sure to subscribe to catch all our latest episodes. For what it's worth, I'll see you next time. All opinions and information, including any price references or market forecasts, correspond to the recording date listed in this episode's description. Any performance figures noted do not include fees or charges, which would reduce an investor's returns. The information contained in this podcast is not research, nor does it constitute the provision of any investment, financial, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or recommendations to the listener. Raymond James and its financial advisors do not provide tax or legal advice, and you should discuss any tax or legal matters with the appropriate professional. Past performance is not an indication of future results. There is no assurance any investment strategy will be successful. Investing involves risk, and investors may incur a profit or a loss. Investment products are not deposits, not FDIC and CUA insured, not insured by any government agency, not bank guaranteed, subject to risk and may lose value. Copyright 2020 Raymond James and Associates Inc. Member New York Stock Exchange, SIPC. Copyright 2020 Raymond James Financial Services Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC.